tell them here and let them be. Well, I got something deep inside of me. I can't hide it anymore. It needs to be so free. There's no time to let this tale get old. No, no, no. It's the best. Welcome to the show. My my guest is a friend of mine. Uh, she is a playwright. Her name is Zuri Ruiz. Hello. Hi, David. <laughs> so uh, I've known you for uh, a couple years, and uh, we met through grad school. Mm-hmm. And you were studying uh, playwriting, which is what you do now. Yes. Uh, so one, I, I'll get into the grad school because I want to kind of tell you something I've never told you before. Okay. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think, yeah, so playwright, last play I saw that you did recently was called Senorita Monthly Juice. Yes, at the Hollywood Fringe. Yes. And the, the title <laughs> alone, I was like, oh man, this is going to be something. And then I was not disappointed at all it was to hear that yeah it was just I was just like what I thought was cool uh about that particular uh play which has to do with menstruation Mm -hmm. in a very creative way I will say was that it it kind of just goes there uh you didn't pull punches and I was like no she's not gonna go as she did you know so you kind of just you know take uh the subject of you know, menstruation as related to like women's, you know, uh, I guess dynamics and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in a very art, it was like articulate, but funny. And, you know, obviously the, the vehicle in was menstruation, but it gets, it's, it gets pretty solid. Well, first of all, thanks for going to the show. Yes. Um, and yeah, I, I really liked working on that play. That was that play. I actually wrote oof, back in undergrad. Oh. And I kept developing it and then putting it away and then working on it and then putting it away. And I had a reading of it at USC for a program called uh, Western Edge Saloon. And that's actually where I first met the director that I ended up working with at the Fringe. And the majority of the cast from that reading I ended up um, working with again on the Fringe show. Because I had such a good experience on the Western Edge Saloon program that I just wanted to bring everyone back um, and work with the same people and... Especially because at that time they were really excited about the play, and I thought that it would just be good to keep developing it with it, with them in mind, and I did yeah. during that entire time. So it was good to work with them again. And um, originally the play was about ninety-eight pages, but because of the whole format of how the Hollywood Fringe works, ended up cutting it to about sixty-three. So we did really rush through a lot of that, but um, it's still actually something that I want to keep working on anyway. So oh, awesome. Making, uh, I don't. I think it's a good format the way that I have yeah. it, but I might make it longer or detailed. So I think this will be a good segue into telling you something I have not told you before. Okay. Uh, because I felt like the that particular play, you could tell the, the writer had kind of like it wasn't someone to mess with, you know, <laughs> <laughs> which leads me to uh, the this reveal that 
uh, you know, we had a class together. Mm-hmm. Uh, you took <laughs> you, you you and your uh, two playwriting classmates took a screenwriting class, and then I was in that class. It was kind of like an overlap of two programs, uh, and I didn't think you liked me for like a really long time, mm-hmm. and I was like, <laughs> I don't, I, I do something. I got, and then I was like, maybe I'm just whatever, not the right. I don't know. I was just like so confused. <laughs> and then I talked to your, I would talk to your, you know, your, your buddies. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, so, uh, are we cool? Like, are we cool with Zuri? Or like, mm-hmm. what's up? And they're like, nah, don't worry, don't worry. You, you'll, you'll be all right. You really did ask them though? I, I think I s- sort of, yeah. I, I, I don't think, I think I was, uh, I don't feel like I was as direct in asking, but I was kind of just trying to like re get a read on like, all right, what's, <laughs> and there was there they just said something to the effect like oh no she'll warm up to you don't worry don't mm-hmm. worry don't worry let's just let the semester pass and you'll be fine mm-hmm. uh and sure enough uh yeah a couple years later uh you're sitting here doing a podcast with me yeah. so and i still don't like you so. <laughs> <laughs> i'm kidding Ouch. um no i uh i am very aware that i give off a vibe okay um because actually one of the um the two girls that you were mentioning yeah um Shout out. Yeah, Marjorie and Megan, uh, who were in my, uh, the same year that I went into grad school, they, they were with me. They only select three people for that program every year. Yes. So they were my group. And uh, Marjorie, uh, I got no comment about that from her, but it was Megan actually who told me or felt that I didn't like her. Um, and it's, I don't think it's anything specifically that I do. I think it's like a face thing. Okay. And I also think it's because I don't do anything about it. I, I don't make the effort to like be super, you know, go out of my, my way and make anyone feel assured of that, I suppose, because I don't pick up on it. Okay. Um, but you know, it's not, it's not too much of a reveal when you said that to me Okay. because you had actually mentioned to me something to that extent while were we while we were in the class together oh man um, really Ooh. yeah you did but it's because we would it was a what is it a rectangle table and i think for the most part we would always kind of sit together um but no i i didn't have any i didn't dislike you and uh well nice yeah yeah i um i thought you were fine i don't know i i guess my <laughs> idea of you was just like i'll take that because of the way you would come into class with your Dodgers hat sure. and then you you only really had this folder with an ice cube sticker on it yep. so to me you were like actually you were a comfort to me because I'm like oh this is an LA guy cool you know like I don't have to worry I don't know it's just it felt very comfortable but maybe that's why I didn't try <laughs> <laughs> that uh I guess I may have said something like that but I guess at some point when you're you know the class was kind of like a writer's room format yeah where you just you just end up talking mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a little bit of banter, and so and so, yeah. Maybe I, it maybe it was like a nervous, like, uh-huh, you don't like me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I even so remember funny. what you were writing at the time. You were writing a romantic comedy, and uh, yeah. I think I might have been invested in this. <laughs> so no, no, I didn't dislike you. I still don't dislike you. So that's funny. You remember that I wrote a yeah romantic. Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> that's funny. Um, but no, we're uh, we're friends and mm-hmm. uh, everything's fine. And uh, I'm glad that you thought I was fine, like adequate. <laughs> no, not even adequate. I was just like, oh, cool. He's um, uh, I like it when I can be comfortable around people. So just that alone, 
is good enough cause not to dislike you. So nice. Yeah. Nice. So you're all good. All right. Uh, <laughs> Just it's a me vibe. It's, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's um, a fun way to get into your untold story, which uh, you you gave me a little you gave me a little tip. Yeah. But I you mean, didn't go into any detail. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, you just kind of said like one word. And I was like, okay, can you please tell this yeah. to the world? <laughs> just based off a word. It mm-hmm. wasn't even like a description. So I don't know what this is going to be. But I, I know there's a key word. Yes. And um, in thinking about the story, too, I, I held the key word in mind a lot. But there is a backstory to it. And I, I can tell it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I don't know if that made sense. Yeah, but um, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, let's do. Yeah, let's get in. Yeah, why don't you take us to through it? Okay, so the way that my story starts is um, God, maybe about this is like six years ago. Um, I was taking two different types of dance classes: a pole class, okay, and an aerial arts dance class. You know, the ones where the silk ropes comes down come down rather yes 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 okay so um this specifically has to do with the pole dancing class um i think a lot of people go or think of pole dancing with connotations of like oh it's sexy it's like i don't know it's maybe even some people to the extreme can be like this is disgusting i don't know okay but for me whenever i approach things especially things that make me nervous i always try to take like a funny spin on them okay so it you know and it's also just me so, yeah, I approached the pole dance class with, like, a sense of humor to, of it, sure. to it. Yeah. And um, we would have to choreograph our own pieces at the end of uh, the six, week, uh, six weeks. Oh. So um, I ended up choreographing a dance piece to the song called um, it's a, He Really Needs Me. It's a song that Shelley Duvall sang for the Popeye soundtrack. That is so specific. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Okay. But um, I don't know if you know the song, but it's I mean, like, I don't know. Quite. It's, it's uh, uh, I know Popeye. Yeah. And it, her voice isn't specifically like trained. It kind of drags and it doesn't make sense. But what I ended up doing with it is I pretended that I was a drunk person while I was dancing. Okay. And I ended up using the pole in a lot of different ways, I guess, that it will silly kind of physical ways that I would imagine someone who was drunk would, but it's not like, it's not like I was pretending to be a drunk person on a pole. It was just everyday life, but using the pole in like different ways, if that makes sense. Uh, I, I, like I, there was a part where I was bent backwards on it. I'm with... imagining like a Charlie Chaplin. Yes. Thank okay, you. So that's kind okay, of the vibe it. that I was got going it. with got for it. this piece. And Everyone in class really liked it. Oh, cool. And uh, the teacher especially, and she's the one who mentioned that maybe I should start taking clowning classes because of it. And I thought that was a cool idea. Clowning. Clowning. Clown. Yes. Okay, there's the key word. That is my key word. I was waiting for that. Yeah. Okay, here we go. I thought it was a great idea because, uh, because of the physicality aspect of it. I thought that it would actually really help me with dance. And at that time, I was taking a lot of dance classes. And um, it's not like I had this idea that I would become some, like, I don't know. Do we have any popular clowns right now that I guess we could think of? In the in the clown world? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not that familiar with clowns. And neither am I. Okay. But my idea was, like, I could incorporate 
just the clowning, the physicality of whatever it is that I would learn into my dance. Um, so I decided I was going to try to find clowning classes and just go through with them and see what would happen. Um, only using that again to feed into my dance. Not, I didn't think I was going to become a clown or anything. I really didn't think that. Okay. So I ended up finding a program and, um, it was a lot more challenging than I thought it was going to be. Hmm. Um, it was, uh, also very expensive. It was kind of a little too expensive for me, but, um, you know, whatever was going to help with the dancing. So I decided I was going to sign up and do it. Uh, now real quick, mm -hmm. uh, so did you kind of keep this on the down low that you were taking the, the, the clowning classes? Oh, that's a good question. Um, to a certain extent, I did because I felt weird as a grown woman to have to tell people in my family or my parents that I was taking clowning classes because I'm totally not sure that they would have understood that at that point. Yeah. Um, you're you're of adult age. We don't need to say how old. Oh, you I wasn't are. going to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you weren't you weren't fifteen. I mean, oh, I was totally not fifteen. Yeah, I so was, you're uh, a, you're a full adult. Yes, she We've... a lady. Um, yeah. Um, but still, it's like it's putting, it's using a lot of money or spending a lot of money for something that I think, like my parent would be like, well, why can't you use that for something more practical? You sure. know, go pay your credit card probably should have done <laughs> but, uh, nah. I'm like, but nah. no we're always gonna have debt mom and dad and so why <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but um so yeah i actually did i didn't think about that but yeah thinking about it now i did kind of keep that on the down low um also i just didn't know what to expect so i wasn't like telling a lot of people that you know that i was taking the dance uh, that i was gonna take a clowning class i don't even remember if i told madre and megan at that time to be honest, because I kind of do oh. that sometimes, actually, where I'll take classes and not tell people about it, but it's just because I don't want to embarrass myself down the line. Got, yeah, <laughs> I, okay, I get that. Because, yeah, yeah oh, I just thought about something else. Sorry. Anyway, um, yeah, so no, I'm not sure that a lot of people knew that I was okay. taking it. So now we're in, the, we're in the classroom. We're in the classroom. Or the circus tent. Definitely not a circus okay, tent, a okay. legit classroom. Okay, got it. And okay, so the I'm not exactly sure how clowning is taught by other people, but for this specific course, it was improv heavy. Oh, okay. And um, the way that I remember it being divided was um, it was musical improv, and it was also just. I guess regular improv where we would create stories um, okay. or just narratives about certain personas that we were portraying at that time. Yeah. Which was really just ourselves, but I think it was going to be a heightened version of whatever clown self we would become. Um, which is interesting because it kind of, I've taken burlesque classes before too. And in a way, I understand that world because you are creating just a hyper persona or just a personality that isn't yourself. So eventually you do give yourself a name, you know, you take on different characteristics of whatever it is. Ooh, I'm, but I'm, I, I'm looking forward to hearing your, your names. Okay. Yes. Um, so yeah, so it was all basically in preparation for that. Okay. And I found it to be so, can I curse? Yes. <laughs> so fucking difficult. Um, 
We're not sponsored. It's fine. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, or bad? Uh, yeah, we, we yeah, fair we're fine. Fair enough it's for now. <laughs> fair for now, sure. So, okay. To me, what was surprising is I was actually really good at music, the musical improv portion of it. Um, and yeah, I have been in a band, but that was, I felt like they were two separate things because, yeah, I, I did songwriting for the band that I was in, but... I didn't even mention that. Oh, it's okay. Yes, I'm not in... I don't do it anymore, so... But Zuri, in the past, I want to mention, is a singer. Yes. Lead singer of a band. And, okay, well, you mentioned the word singer, and maybe that's why I wasn't too scared of it, because I'm not scared of singing in front of people. Mm-hmm. And I'm totally not scared of making a fool out of myself in front of people, but the difference is that this is challenging you to use portions of your or at least for me it was challenging because it was like thinking on the spot uh whereas any other type of performance you have you've had preparation for it right so musical improv was actually okay for me i it wasn't too far off from anything else that i'd done before that it was easy for me to pick up yeah so um i felt good in that zone but it's actually just the regular improv that threw me off um i sucked at it um, I, and I, I was trying to think about it for this. And I think what happened was that I've actually blocked that out of my mind because it was so scary to me oh, that okay. I can't really be specific about like, I can't be specific about any, I guess any like, uh, exercises that we did. But I, I guess I do have one in mind that I do want to mention, which is okay. going to lead to that point in the story. But yeah, it was, um, <sighs> clowning was hard. And yeah, thinking back, I think my expectation of it was that it was going to include a lot more physicality. Okay. Because again, I was taking this for dance. Yes. But it had nothing to do with that. Um, yeah, we occasionally did have to come up with routines, but... Right. It's not like it's a big dance number. So oof, it was totally off. I, uh, I felt like I didn't know what the hell I was doing in the class. Okay. And I also felt like that was a super big contradiction because I'm like, this is supposed to be fun, isn't it? <laughs> but it wasn't for me. Right, I was right. finding no joy, joy in clowning. I did see other people in class do amazing at it, but that wasn't me. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just uh, it required a lot of mental mental exercise that actually for me didn't click okay um so yeah so i had done about god i want to say that the program was maybe six weeks long okay um no maybe even more than that no it was like a three-month program um but i did not end up making it that far Okay. What happened was um, I missed my very first class. It was a Sunday class. Um, missed my very first class because it was my cousin's quinceanera. Ooh. And I, uh, I hate signing up for something and not knowing that I can be at every class because I feel like that in itself is a waste of money. Sure. So I kind of felt conflicted about missing class. But then when I was at my cousin's quince. It's just like I didn't feel bad, and I didn't miss it, and it actually felt okay not to be there. Okay. And then I had the class the next Sunday, and I remember sitting there, 
and just feeling super uncomfortable and not wanting to volunteer for uh, an exercise that we had, but eventually being called on to do it. Yeah. And I remember the exercise. So basically, everyone was standing in line and we had to pretend that we were an animal. And the first animal that came to mind for me was a canary, which didn't have too much, or maybe I am limiting myself here, but I guess I just didn't like give it too much characteristic, right? But the teacher, oh, go ahead. I was saying that a canary is an unexpected choice. And I don't know why it came into my mind. For sure. But the first thing I said was canary. So I was (laughs) in line and I was a canary. Nice. And the teacher asked me to to whistle like a canary. So I did my regular whistle, which is, and I'm dry right now, but (laughs) or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, I was shaking the entire time. But then he asked me, well, how do you whistle as an adult regularly? And I blanked because the whistle that I did for the canary is the whistle that I do regularly. But uh, I blanked and I couldn't come up with anything. And um, I ended up just asking to be passed on or skipped over. Um, And it wasn't until the end of the class that I'm like, girl, you know how to whistle more than just like the regular one that I just did. I could do variations on whistles, but I couldn't think of it. So really, again, like it is a mental thing, whereas I know that when it's a physical challenge, I'm so much more readily equipped for something like that. Right. But not mentally equipped. But at that moment, I realized that there was no joy in clowning for me. And Mm. my story is that I ended up dropping out of the class, not telling anyone about it. And uh, pretending I was still going to classes, but really just going to coffee shops to do work. (laughs) Because the people that did know, I didn't want to like disappoint and tell that I quit this thing. Mm -hmm. And there was like a sense of shame for me because, again, like I, I only did it with the intention of like helping my dance, but I felt like I failed at that. Yeah. I felt like it should have been easy to have stayed in the class and it might have been a really good challenge for me to have stayed, but there was also just zero joy in it. And I was always comparing myself to the other people in class, which I feel like is unfair because their their own background or whatever they wanted to get from the class, that's the reason that they were there, mostly a lot of actors. Um, so I have to assume that they're not, they're okay with improv or, or trying to develop that skill, but it's something that's actually really going to serve them where I was like, yeah, just randomly taking it, I guess. But the thing is that it's not the first thing that I've ever just quit like that before. And I get really bummed when I like, I guess, set my sights on something and then it doesn't end up panning out the way that I thought it would be. Uh, yeah. But uh, but it's, again, not the first time that I've, like, quit something. I took a French class and I absolutely hated it. <laughs> the people in the class because it was, like, that same high school dynamic of someone has to kiss ass to the teacher. Okay. And that's the thing that, like, clicked for me. I'm like, nope, I'm never coming back to this. And I taken another improv class before where I thought I was going to like it. Um, and I left that, too. And another thing had come to mind when we were speaking, but now that I'm blanking on that. But I'm not sure that there's necessarily a moral to it, but I think it's something that I'm trying to understand about myself or or maybe not have to understand, but accept that not everything is for me. 
and it's okay maybe to drop those things. But I think the pressure is like, you've paid so much money for something full, you know, it's full price. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're just going to decide to drop it. And maybe it's the way that I was raised and it's like, you're supposed to follow through with things, but yeah. yeah. So the story is that I quit clowning, but I've also (laughs) quit a lot of other things and I don't know that there is moral to it. But that it is what it is, and I'm trying to figure out what that pattern is. <laughs> uh, we, we, uh, we could try to figure it out. We're both uh, oh, shit. We're gonna figure it out. creative people. Uh, okay. You know, so one, I guess I didn't know you danced. Yeah, yeah. Didn't know that. I always grew up dancing. So um, I did ballet when I was a kid. And um, then after like middle school, going into high school, I was in two dance teams. Yeah. I thought I wanted to go to college for <clears> dance. <throat> mm-hmm. Um. But then at least the college that I went to didn't really have a strong dance program. And I also, a, a, lot of, a lot of the dancers ended up going into the theater program. So that was how I went into theater, actually. Okay. Thinking that I was going to do dancing. Oh. But then ended up having to take all these other requirements. I'm like, oh, I actually want to write. That's yeah. what I want to do. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, had a, I have a background in dance. Okay. I don't do it too much anymore, but... Yeah, it's there. <laughs> but like if we so like if we if we pretended that everything you said was fictional and part of a screenplay, I would I would think that to me like the analogy is like, you know, you and I as uh, writers when mm-hmm. you have when you're trying hard not to abandon a script. Mm-hmm. When you're like I I I can't walk away from the script. Mm-hmm. Like I have to finish it. And I you know, sometimes Sometimes you do have to throw in the towel, right, yeah. on a project. Have you done that? Yeah. Well, see, no. See, no. I, see, I, you, I, I have. I have. And, I'm trying to think. I uh, don't know that I have ever done that. But see, I think the difference being is that I put so much more of my value into writing than I would into something smaller like that, maybe. Well, I was going to say, like, I, so... I, I have, and mentally it's excruciating. Mm-hmm. It's like absolute failure. It's like, and I try really hard to make something work, but sometimes, at least in writing, something's just not going to work. Yeah. As much as hard as you try to make it work. And uh, I've certainly written something and been like, this, I, I just have to make this work. I have to. Like, I put too much time into it already. And then, you know, there's been maybe a few times I've cut my losses and walked away and I was, I just felt. So you have stu- done that. I've cut my losses for writing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, I grew up with a similar, like you finish what you started mm-hmm. and for most of my life and stuff, that's how it is. I, I, I also just finish what I start. So when I can't finish something, I hate it mm-hmm. and I feel like abject failure. And I feel like because, you were doing clowning to assist you with sort of something you are passionate about mm-hmm. and it like was a bit of a failure and you had to just step away, you know, maybe because of the, the emotional or like the deeper, like this was supposed to help me and it couldn't help me. And I, you know what I mean? I think it's also a pride thing too, because it's not like I'm trying to be like the greatest clown ever, but I think I came in with an expectation of like, because of the dancing, like, oh, this is going to be easy for me because I was only thinking of the physical aspect of it. But yeah. Not knowing that none of that was actually going to 
really play out. I, I was going to lean that way too and say like, I, 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 I knew that you performed as a singer and mm-hmm. I knew you're in the theater. And so I felt like stage performance is something that is, you know, uh, and not too difficult for you to do. And also you talked about your, your poll class mm-hmm. and how basically people really enjoyed what you did in the class. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're coming from a place of, you have a lot of confidence in performance, right? Well, I'm definitely not scared of it. I don't get stage fright. It's yeah. not, not when it comes to that. If I'm giving like a speech, that's maybe a different story. Right. Um, but yeah, I think I did come into it maybe a little cocky. Yeah, so. it it, it kind of has those elements of like, I can't be a clown. Why? <laughs> I'm right. like, but this is simple, and I'm like, no, it's yeah. actually really hard. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, maybe maybe that's it. Maybe uh, you know, you, you didn't want to talk about this ever because <laughs> there's some pride that was lost, and mm-hmm. you had to walk away from something, and that's not how you grew up or how you operate. Definitely not. Yeah. Which yeah. is why I think I have a hard time processing like or giving it like a bigger meaning maybe because I'm still really stuck in like, oh, but I quit, you know? Yeah. So. Uh, but I'll, I'll share. Yeah, I'll share. I'll share a quick, a real quick story okay. about myself. A little bit um, similar. I graduated undergrad. I couldn't get a job. Uh, I freaked out. I, I was panicking. I was like, I cannot get a job. So I enrolled in a two-week bartending school and realized it was a lot harder than I assumed. <laughs> okay. I assumed that anyone could just be a bartender, but I go in this like cram school where you have to memorize etiquette and drinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only fun part, though, is they did a, like a real bar simulation. Oh, cool. So it was like the classroom was actually like, a bar in a office office space uh-huh. and uh so when it was like drink making time they turned on the lights put up the neon bar lights they blasted music Oy. and Jesus. then the instructor would shout drinks at you and you'd have to like you know lean lean your ear toward the guy and like it like as if you're in a you know regular crowded bar and you try to make drinks and uh i yeah it was kind of one of those things where i was like oh, I can't get a job, but I could get a bartending job. Mm, were uh, you, yeah. And, and maybe that's what I did too. I was like, this is easy. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I could, I can kind of relate to clowning <laughs> in a way where I, I realized it was actually quite challenging. Uh, and I, they, they passed everybody, right, in the school I took. So it wasn't like I aced the course or anything. Like you were going to get a little certificate. If At you, the end. If you just went to every class. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, what, and, you, and you weren't, completely terrible so how exactly did they have what did the evaluation for them look like oh uh they did (laughs) it was like a it was like a written exam and then it was like a a, like in the field like speed test okay (laughs) uh where you had to just make a ton of drinks for like i think 10 minutes or something where it was like kind of non-stop service and you had to like know how to clean the, the glasses and stuff like that uh i'll share yeah i'll you know I want to ask what your clown name would be before we close out, but yeah, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll reveal a quick uh, the masked magician <laughs> trick about bartending that I learned was uh, one, mm-hmm. always serve the female customers first. Why is that? It's just like a thing. It's like a courtesy thing? It's like 
you're going to do better business by keeping the women in the club happy. You know, I don't go clubbing a lot, so I actually don't know how that would work, but... Oh, I don't either. Mm -hmm. And this is when I was like 21 years old. Mm -hmm. Oh, you were 21 when you were taking the class? Yeah, I just finished undergrad. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I I was freaking out Mm because I was like, aren't you supposed to get a career job after you get a college degree? And And did you tell anyone you were taking the class? I told my parents. Mm -hmm. And what did they think? Well, they paid for it, so... Well, so, the, the so, they, so they, so they, so they, yeah, so they bankrolled, mm-hmm. uh, cause I, my, my, and I told them that it's because I need a, I need to be able to work at night mm-hmm. while I look for jobs during the day. Yes. I totally understand. But that. it's like not an, like, you know, yeah. For like a kid of immigrants or like whatever. Oh, it's, which is exactly why I was it's asking. It's a hard sell. Because I don't know that my parents would be cool with that. I had to sell it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they I weren't even cool with the poll stuff, so. <laughs> I don't think they pay for all of it mm-hmm. in, in hindsight because I think I had some savings. Mm-hmm. But they definitely subsidized mm-hmm. probably mostly all of it. Uh, so, yeah, that that's how I took the class. And and I never bartended. Mm-hmm. But you know about drinks and you have that no. experience. But you have the certificate which you can put on but, a resume. <laughs> but the thing is, like, when you cram mm-hmm. for something, you just kind of forget it. Yeah. And if you don't, like, kind of use it. That makes sense, yeah. Uh, oh, so, so, yeah, so quick. So insider tips one, always uh, serve. The ladies. The ladies. Mm-hmm. And, and then eventually you, you go to the guy that maybe was waiting longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you keep the you keep the women happy. Uh, and then two, you you serve the first drink a little heavy. Ooh, then, I can see why. And then you slow play it mm, after. Because they don't know. Where, yeah, once you get them hooked yeah. and they're drinking, then you give them less alcohol per drink Mm -hmm. and they keep buying drinks and it all costs the same money per drink so (laughs) yeah it's a bit they don't know because it's already in their taste buds it's a bit strategic but Mm -hmm. then also i guess uh responsibility wise they're actually getting less as they drink so maybe they can't get fully Ooh, that's a good yeah i didn't think about that i thought it was more like we're scheming but actually that's pretty responsible it's it's a bit of both Mm -hmm. i think it's i think it's a bit of both Mm -hmm. uh so yeah so that (laughs) that was my tangent uh Uh, i i kind of want to okay i'll close with let's close with clown names but before we close with clown names uh how do you feel having told this story finally Mm -hmm. publicly and probably to a lot of people that are your friends that were like, oh, I didn't know that. Um, you know, so I was thinking about this a few days ago when I knew that I was going to come here and tell you. Yeah. Um, but it's only really in saying the story that I didn't realize that I had, like, kind of pent up feelings about it. And I know it's weird because I'm like, this is a story about clowning. But I'm like, no, it's really just like... The aspect of not following through, I guess I have not really settled with that. So there's like a tinge of kind of disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't expect that. Hmm. But like I said, it's not something that I've processed. Sure. And it's not the first time that I've quit something. It's just that I guess maybe I don't give it too much thought because thinking about it would kind of be too heavy. It would would upset you. Yes. Yeah. 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 But I feel okay. I feel fine. Uh, okay, yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad you were able to share w- with us and me uh, about that experience. Mm-hmm. I think maybe we should close out and find out which what each other's clown names are. Sure. I mean... Um, Do you have one? 
So because I did not finish the program, no, I don't have one. I have a burlesque name, but no one liked that. So can we just hear that one? Yeah. Then? So my burlesque name, um, Spicy Brown, because of the mustard. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love sandwiches. So I decided that, and uh, so I decided my name would be Spicy Brown because of the mustard. Oh, yeah. Because so... I love pastrami and I love, I just love sandwiches, man. I, I dig a good sandwich and I especially love mustard. And Spicy Brown just came to me one day when I was going into my fridge. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it's perfect for me. But no one liked it. I, oh my gosh. I love how it did not go the way I expected. What did you think? Because I thought you'd said, say Spicy Brown. And I'm like, oh, because of your racial makeup. Or and your, absolutely not. Your cultural yes, background. Yes, but I love that you thought that because yeah. I would. I can assume why. Sure. But I love that it's not because of that. Yeah. Because I would totally never want to play into that at least that typically I, or that stereotypically i don't I, know if that makes I, sense no i love that it's because of mustard mm-hmm. and you like sandwiches yeah uh well, <laughs> well great uh i off the top of my head mm-hmm. i guess i'll call myself uh tronbo why is that i i used to really like the movie tron mm-hmm. and iterations of that movie that's all and why the bow part, though? Because I feel like all clowns have the bow at the end, or am I just making that up? You know, I don't know too many clowns yeah. <laughs> to actually, like... Like, like. okay, I know there's a, like, Dumbo, or, like... Oh, wait, I have a side note. So, my name is Zuri, but my original name, or at least the name that my parents were going to name me, is Renata. And that's because my dad wanted to name me after a Mexican clown named Renato. What? So I'm really glad that that didn't work out because what? I would have had to be named after a clown and have failed at clowning. So Zuri it is, and I'm happy with it. Wow. Mm-hmm. What an ending. Yeah. What a shock ending. <laughs> that is so ironic. I think it's in my blood, but I'm rejecting it. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. We got to end on that note. That's amazing. So uh, <laughs> thank you to... Uh, spicy brown zuri ruiz for thank you being on the show (laughs) and telling us about her clown experience yay all right thanks so much thank you bye hey i think you want to listen to another one right well you can do so on itunes apple Podcasts, or our website at beststoryinevertold.com and for those of you who are interested in sponsoring future episodes we would love it contact us at beststoryinevertold at gmail.com thanks for listening Talk to you soon.